Hi, my name is Steve Dickman and uh, representing Outpost Centers International, OCI, where today is another report about an update, what's happening in the Ukraine and how we can be a blessing to those people there and supporting the needs and the efforts to feed them, to house them, to give them hope and to give them the idea that there are people who care about them, who are praying for them and who are still supporting their efforts as they are in this conflict. Today, I have with me Ostop from Build and Restore. Ostop, I understand that your father is just uh, crossing the border into Ukraine. Tell us a little bit about what his plans are there and the work he's planning to do. Yes, uh, we have been busy soliciting for you know, support and help in Ukraine. And my father decided that he's going to take some time off from work and head down there and, and see how he can contribute. And so he's going to be in three cities in Lviv, Chernivtsi, and Ivano-Frankivsk and uh, lending a hand and providing support there. What we hope to do is the van that was purchased in Germany has been transported to the Ukrainian border and is uh, going to be, you know, getting across the border and getting basically a, a nice overview, uh, service and maintenance done. And we hope to drive the van around town and help people that have disabilities that have been forgotten, that have been abandoned, to help them with their needs and, you know, move them from place to place, especially those with limited mobility. Also, we've been able to buy many food packages that contain enough food to feed a family of four. And they come in a, in a, in a box. And um, this is uh, something that we can do to reach the remote areas where people don't have transportation, where they don't have a way to get out of you know, their, their village to the main city to buy food. And so that's, that's been the work that's been going on the last few weeks. And we're looking forward to seeing how the Lord will, will bless that effort. Amen. Thank you, Ostat, for what you're doing there. That ministry working for people who can't get out of harm's way, they don't have the capacity, and they don't have the wherewithal to remove themselves or to go from their area, as well as those who are disadvantaged in some way, handicapped in some way. I'm sure what you're doing there is going to be a huge blessing. God bless you. I know we've had some donors step up to help with this project of getting the van. Friends, if you'd like to give some additional boost to this, helping those who are disadvantaged, handicapped in some way to receive the services they need there in Ukraine, you can go to our website and you can donate to build and restore their project there, helping those who are disadvantaged and handicapped. Thank you again, Ostop, for joining us today. May God bless you as you continue your work and your ministry there. And uh, protection, we'll be praying for protection for your, the rest of your family there as well. Thank you for joining us today as part of our report. Um, I'm going to talk to Alexi now. Alexi, you're still there in Romania, and I know that you have the um, report on some of the ministries on the front lines who are feeding and helping people. Just tell us what's happening there. Yeah, Steve, thank you. Um, we have several ministries, OCI ministries in Ukraine, and as uh, uh, our viewers probably know, there's a bobtop ministry on the occupied territory of Zaporizhia area in Energodar city and in the surroundings. 
and they've been uh, manufacturing health food products and uh, distributing to needy people. And thanks to your donations, uh, they've been able to serve hundreds of people. And their last project was uh, that, you know, they continue production and feeding people, but there are lots of uh, tomatoes right now and cucumbers on the fields and farmers cannot sell them for market price. So they're just dumping the prices, trying to sell all the produce and uh, they've been able to buy lots of cucumbers and tomatoes and can them and preserve them as pickles. Uh, just hundreds and hundreds of jars, uh, and they will use them to, you know, to feed the people in winter time, because everybody's saying that this coming winter is going to be very hard in Ukraine. Also, they bought a lot of wheat and uh, flour. And that will help them to produce uh, bread. Bread is not their main production because they've been focused on veggie links uh, and these sort of health food products. But they started baking bread because it's a staple food in Ukraine. And, you know, everybody eats bread three times a day. And so <clears throat> their need is to get a bigger oven to be able to produce more. Friends, I'd like to show you this building that we are renting. Uh, this is um, storage. We have already bought some flour and grain, 30 tons. And also, we bought these sheets, 50 of them, to store our canned foods. Uh, we have bought 1,000 jars, first batch, and now we are getting ready to start first batch of tomato recipes, and we develop other recipes. Thank you for your support. Thank you so much. So it's a, it's a very dangerous area. Uh, you know, they say that uh, businessmen and other prominent people have been kidnapped. Uh, and they, you know, this is how Russian troops uh, try to make business on, uh, on these people and to use them as pawns. Uh, another ministry, uh, our home, um, Lifestyle Center, continues hosting uh, refugees and uh, as I shared last time uh, uh, they have a, a project of uh, converting a lifestyle center into a rehab center a mental and physical rehabilitation and uh, we just had a meeting with the Ukraine Union president because you know it's a it's a big project it needs it needs collaboration of many institutions uh, and so he, you know, he blessed the project and um, you know, so we will continue working on it and it would require um, experts in the field of physical therapy, rehabilitation, mental health uh, to help uh, our home and other lifestyle centers in Ukraine. We have uh, four uh, lifestyle centers and if they can be converted into a rehab type of institutions that would be a great blessing to to the people and to the church there so 
uh, yeah, and you know, back coming back to the Bobtop Health Food Ministry, they uh, they have not only been producing and you know distributing the food, but they've been also running health and evangelistic programs. And many people join them because many churches are closed, especially Protestant churches in that area is closed. Russia is very aggressive to Protestants, and you know wherever the troops come, Russian Orthodox Church comes, and they try to shut down all the churches, and so all pastors left including adventist pastors uh, and it's dangerous for them because they have been spotted and they've been they have been kidnapped and killed also evangelistic programs and already three people want to be baptized and these three people uh, they are you know they join them they help to distribute food uh, because they see you know some activity going on and so they first join them as volunteers and then they get to know them and they get to <clears throat> the bible studies and uh, now they want to be baptized so it's a blessing in the middle of disaster there amen thank you so much uh, lexi for giving us that report and it's exciting to see that even under very challenging circumstances god's work continues and people are still interested in the truth interested in the hope that we have in jesus uh, the world today is falling apart, friends. I think everyone can see that. But the hope that we have, even under these challenging circumstances, is amazing. So may God bless those ministries. We continue to support them. We invite you to continue to contribute so that these ministries can continue feeding people and bringing them hope and bringing them the good news of Jesus. Dr. Yuri, good morning, uh, good afternoon to you. It is uh, good to see you with us this morning. Tell us a little bit about what's happening there with uh, Angelica Clinic and how things are going. Uh, hi everyone, dear brothers and sisters. We are blessed uh, uh, to have his uh, guide of the Holy Spirit during these uh, not easy days of fourth months of war. Uh, we we are reviving uh, um, our ministry in Kiev, uh, including more services, inviting people. Uh, just uh, returned from meeting uh, with a beautiful uh, Adventist couple. Uh, she's a psychologist. He's massage therapist. Uh, they work it in a health lifestyle center and uh, they want to be involved in this ministry and uh, they already have planned to take part with our next week mobile clinic because uh, we, we continue to do our mobile clinics activities uh, uh, yesterday and day before yesterday we were in Kamenets uh, Podilski city we're blessed with uh, several dozens of patients uh, uh, you know, the war has a great impact uh, on the country and uh, people are still suffering. Dr. Serhi will can, can uh, share with some stories. Uh, but I was blessed, you know, with a story of uh, a lady, uh, 78 years old, but she looks like uh, 60. And she's a vegan more than 23 years. And she had a sleep disorder because of the, of the war. And her son is, uh, is a military surgeon and serving there. And uh, God is blessing her. She's resisting 
her sleep disorders and I was blessed to consult her and we were enriched with that. Uh, now we see uh, the focus um, is um, uh, starting to change from the Western Ukraine main focus of the pain and suffering because we see that the patients there, people who are working, patients with whom we are working in the Chernivtsi region, they already uh, adopted, starting to adopt to the situation. And the more more severe situation is on the uh, central Ukraine and eastern part. And we, we are receiving uh, signals and invitation to, to work in Kiev region and eastern part of Ukraine. So our schedule uh, of the mobile clinics is very, very tight now and full. And yeah, we have, a, we have plans uh, to uh, make a one week tour uh, with uh, uh, Adventist uh, doctors who will, they are going to come in, a, in the end of July. Yeah. yeah. In the end of July. Uh, to, in, in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, they, they want to come in three weeks uh, for a week to support our minister there. So uh, um, every day it's, it's a blessing to, to allow God through our weaknesses to, to serve him. And uh, uh, the situation in the East is, is very difficult, it's still very difficult. And uh, just, uh, just this uh, afternoon, we met with an old couple of uh, our Adventist uh, psychologists. They fled in last time from Lysychansk city, where we, me and Dr. Serhi provided a health program uh, some, several years ago. And the uh, city is severely bombing, and they, they even just came a few hours ago to Kiev region. Uh, very tired from the long road and the, and the even volunteers heavily moving there because it's heavily bombing. Plus we have a weekly rockets uh, uh, attacks on the Kiev region and some big cities. So uh, God is stimulating us to work fast and more. And we are praying to enlarge our services and the with uh, Adventist dentists as well for our mobile clinic uh, and uh, for to find a good people. Plus, uh, Alexit has told you about our plans and prayers to provide and to, to be teached by U.S. specialists to, for physical rehabilitation. It's a long-term program for to be supported uh, for to to support our society, suffering society, formal military civilians, they need a physical rehab, rehab. And we have a team and a good army of the medical missionaries. So I believe that this idea, this project will be blessed and fruitful if our friends and rehabilitation, physical rehabilitation professionals from US and from Europe will support us with education. Uh, we, we, we will pray about that and asking you to pray more because you know it's 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 challenging time that was summer it's beautiful weather but but time is short and we see how how much people we should cover with with the support and it's it's empower us with uh, strong hope and uh, activity but i see so how much pain and so your prayers are really appreciated 
Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Yuri. Dr. Sergei, tell us, uh, you have a story maybe you want to share about uh, maybe somebody's life who's been impacted by what you guys are doing on the front lines with mobile clinics. Uh, feel free to, to share any, anything that's on your heart there as you're thinking through what you guys are doing. So, <clears throat> yeah, two days it works in Kamenets Podilsky, that city uh, which is not far from uh, Chernobyl, about two hours driving. And we came in and a lot of people came. So a lot, I mean, 112 people came in two days and we make about 280 Appointments, yeah. Consultations, yeah. yeah, laboratory tests. So we landed in two days and a couple, uh, one man impressed me most of all. He suffered for 15 years from scratchings in his ear. He scratched it uh, first by Q-tips, then he said it doesn't work, so I need to take bigger Q-tips. So he started to scratch by bigger Q-tips. After that, he said it doesn't work. He got the metal nails and started to scratch by metal nails. But he said, it doesn't work. What's the problem? He went to a couple doctors. He is a pastor, so he moves from every five years. He moves from city to city. And in every city, he came to the doctors and they looked there and said, we see no problem. So that's maybe something psychological or you have like maybe mental, uh, health. mental health problem, yeah. But our uh, otolaryngologist looked there and he said, you see, uh, there's automycosis. So you need to get ketoconazole for five or maybe 14 days and it works <laughs> and you lose it. 15 years men suffer from that. A couple of girls came to me and uh, one girl impressed me. Uh, she's 26. And uh, in 26, she lose his home, her home twice. First, she live in uh, the Donetsk region and uh, bomb ruined that home. So she moved to Kharkiv. She is a wet doctor. So she moved to Kharkiv and uh, war became, and she moved from that place again. And uh, now she's coming. And we started to speak with her and she just came to show me her lab test. But when we speak more and more, we found a lot of problem. And uh, after that, she said, I'm so thankful that you came here and you help us because no one take care like you because you asked me not about just my problem I came because you asked me about much more. How do I live in? Uh, what's problem do I have like mentally, not just with my health? So how do I suffer? Do I have some food? And that's very important for me. And a couple more people who lose their lives, who lose their homes and uh, their friends, their neighbors uh, have the same problem. One lady, she was 46. She came to me and she said, I'm crying all the day. I can't stop because uh, I lose my home. I lose my job. My husband, he is military now. And my brother, uh, he is... Uh, on fire service and they moved him uh, to the Donetsk region again because there is a problem there. So both of them are there. I'm <laughs> alone here and uh, I have no job, no continual place for living and even no hope that I'll got it again. Yeah, and let me share with you another story. Um, we started to revive our inpatient treatment in Angelia Clinic in Kiev 
and the very first patient came from Germany. She's Ukrainian, and they lost uh, her uh, three-year-old son in a, a car accident a month ago. Uh, they buried him, uh, and she has a depression, and the German doctors uh, diagnosed her heavy abdominal type of depression. She had a pains in her in her abdomen and stomach. Uh, she asked it to uh, to go to be on the hospitalized in our clinic uh, in inpatient treatment from depression. And when she came a week ago, uh, I immediately understood that it's not about depression. It's a real problem with her belly because she was as uh, in a car accident as well. And uh, because of trauma, the doctors in Germany didn't saw some more significant. And uh, we immediately sent her to CT scanning. And uh, it is um, obstipation and uh, the problem, a serious problem with her. Uh, the food is not uh, moving through the intestine. So it's blocked uh, and partly blocked. She lost uh, 17 kilograms during six weeks. And uh, praise God, we, she was diagnosed on proper time. We sent her into state hospital to a very good surgeon. And right now she is on the surgical table. Our choice is praying. Her name is Alexandra. So she asked it to pray about her. And uh, she is very brave Ukrainian lady. Her family, uh, he, uh, she and her husband her, has helped the dozens of uh, refugees in Germany Ukrainian refugees to be accommodated and uh, they coming through this uh, very deep problem of the losing their son and now she's reviving she's happy uh, so please pray about her as well to recover big recovery and because they have another uh, 10 old year, 10 years old son so the Lord will bless them this beautiful Adventist couple to, to continue their their amazing life to support refugees in Germany. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Dr. Yuri and Dr. Serhii, appreciate that. Um, we're gonna go now to Marcus. Marcus, you are reporting today on what's happening with uh, Adventist Help. And uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to hear once again, some of the progress that's being made on the front lines there in setting up this uh, mobile unit and, and where we are with that, and maybe mention a word about what's happening in Moldova as well. Thank you for this opportunity. Let me start with Moldova. We have uh, had a, a fair bit of battles there to go through, but I think by now everything has fallen into place and we can do mobile clinics. The two ambulances that we have are now used to go to the people uh, local population as well as refugees from Ukraine and our doctor and nurse, they are doing a great job there. Daria and Abel, our site managers, uh, pastors couple, they're doing a splendid job representing us there and clearing away all the difficulties they have. Right now we're looking for a physician to close the gap between the 19th of July and the 16th of August. Then we need a dentist from the 19th of July onwards, and we need nurse, a nurse or two from the 2nd of August. Until then, we are set, but these are the gaps that we have at the moment. Yesterday, we had a discussion with a, a 
befriended NGO. And it's amazing how God leads to different people at the right time, to different opportunities. They talked about uh, Odessa coming under attack soon. They seem to have intel that suggests that within the next two weeks, Odessa shall be in uh, under serious attack. That's uh, only a few hundred kilometers away from Giorgiulesti or Palanka, the southern tip of Moldova. And if that happens, then we expect a lot of uh, refugees to flood in to the southern part. Now, at the beginning of our deployment there, we had a look at this camp in Giorgiulesti. It's all ready to uh, take large numbers of refugees. There's also medical tents there, but there was no work for us. So we decided to go into Kahul, which is a bit north of that, about an hour's drive away. So if that flood of refugees should happen to come, then Adventist Health is ready there. We have uh, everything sorted out. We have even staff housing that we can just fall back on and we could, within a, a day or two, we could be operational there too and serve the people that are coming in. But by then we would need more staff. And that's one of the challenges we also have in Ukraine. We have lots of people volunteering, wanting to come, medical, doctors, nurses, paramedics. But at the moment, staff is not really what is needed in Ukraine because of all the hospitals and other medical facilities that get destroyed in Ukraine, uh, all their staff is available. They have no more workplace. The workplace is, is bombed. So they're not short of medical staff, but they're short of equipment. And Adventist Help has sent four containers, medical containers that can fall down on one side and then they double their ground space. They have been used by the Swiss Army before and are now serving there. The equipment inside uh, stretches and so it's just the starting part of a field hospital. We are working on getting some more equipment um, financed, sponsored, so that we could be ready for when the need arises. At the moment, it's stored in front of a big hospital uh, and that's still working. But if the front line should break or if the Ukrainians could manage to uh, push the Russians forward and uh, reclaim areas that have been under siege or in the, under attack and everything destroyed, then there is no medical facilities. And then that's where we would want to set up our medical clinic. So the challenges are to, uh, to have staff at short notice. If and when something happens, when it, the need arises, uh, it's not so easy to fly in people from uh, all over the world at short notice. That's the, the tricky part about working with volunteers who make their own way there. So that's the, the challenges we have at the moment. And we are uh, looking into the possibility of lending our equipment that's there on the ground to people who may use it now. Uh, there's no point in having it sitting there waiting for I don't know when, uh, when right now there is a need. For example, we were talking to some army officers uh, at the front line and they said, we desperately need one of these units so we can stabilize our patients. The way from the battlefield where the soldiers and civilians as well uh, are injured 
is just too long to get them to a hospital. They need to be stabilized, otherwise they die on the way. So we are willing to let them use one of these units or even two or three and uh, just have some of the equipment that's in there that we don't really think is necessary on a uh, trauma stabilization point. Uh, we would like to keep those stored away for when we're actually ready to open up the clinic. So it's a permanently changing situation and there is difficulties or uh, misunderstandings in communication. Uh, the army is one unit and then the, the offices in the city, in the capital and Kiev are uh, different people and each one has their own agenda. Each one uh, sometimes gives even contradictory messages. We need a, a hospital with a hundred beds, a tented uh, hospital would be great. And others say, no, we don't need that. We need this and this uh, in the front. So who do we speak to? Who do we listen to? Who do we respond to? That's a, a tricky thing. And things change nearly every day, but we're trying to do our best and try to help as many people as possible. And with having uh, our equipment branded with Adventist help, we would like to also be a bit of an advertising for our church. So when people ever see or meet an Adventist church or an Adventist pastor or an Adventist believer, they remember, yes, those were the people who helped us when no one else was there. And that's how it is now. Uh, we've been in the city on the Eastern Front uh, last week. I only came home a week ago and there's no other NGO there. We never saw anyone there. We saw some TV uh, crews, uh, BBC, CNN has called me if they can make a report on this. But other than that, uh, there is no other NGO that is willing to go there. So pray for God giving us wisdom to make the right choices, to speak to the right people and to, to do what is needed and has the most positive effects. Amen. Thank you so much, Marcus, for that good report about what's happening there. Even though there are challenges, we believe, friends, that God is leading in this matter and has put us in this position to provide help and hope to some of these people on the front lines. And uh, so we're going to continue to pray for Adventist help and the work happening there in Ukraine, that uh, things will be cleared up and the way will be made plain before them as to how to use best use the resources on the ground and to really bring help to the people there. Thank you again, Marcus. Thank you to all of those who've been part of our report today. Just praying for God's blessing on each one of you as we, uh, as we continue to look for how God is leading and guiding in the various ministries and serving the people there that are being impacted by the uh, conflict that continues in the country of Ukraine. So we uh, would invite you to continue to support these efforts. We would invite you to continue to pray for these people that uh, the Lord would grant volunteers the wisdom and grant also the uh, people that are being uh, coordinating things from the Ukrainian side, grant them wisdom and, and uh, to know how to best use these resources. Thank you again, friends. Uh, please feel free to... Uh, continue to support this, share this report with your friends and, and family, and uh, invite others to pray and to support what's happening on the front lines there in Ukraine. 